Oh, Ames, since you're the one in the kitchen, you'll have to keep an eye on the Rossi clock. Uh, the Rossi clock isn't facing towards me. Oh, well. Damn. And I don't want to unplug myself to move All right, it. well, we're starting at uh, quarter past two, so at quarter of three is roughly halfway, if we're doing the Rossi clock method. I don't, right. I'm not that worried about it. I I'm think not that worried either. We're going to get sick of doing this pretty quickly. Yeah, it's going to be a 20-minute episode because we were like, this is too goddamn hard. Okay. No, now I want to stretch it out because it took us like six hours just to get to this point. <laughs> Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, ow, a ow. Star Trek podcast. Chris, remind me what episode this is. <laughs> uh, 170? Come on, isn't it 169? No, is that it? was last week. No, uh, remember you guys were upset because I had 169 and wasn't going to like... It's okay. 170 because Jake is multiples of two but not four. All right. All right. So I'm going to start over at 170. Math. Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast, episode 170. This week on A Star to Steer Her By, we're going to be covering two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What? That doesn't sound right. And those episodes are, in no particular order other than the order that they were in, Second Skin and The Abandoned. We should also note for our listeners that we are doing this podcast for the first time over Zoom. We are social distancing it like whoa. That's yep. right. God knows so, what this is going to sound like. Finally so, came into the peer pressure. Yeah. So uh, we apologize if there is uh, weird audio quality issues. We're, we're trying very hard to uh, make the sound good. But um, Real, it's probably going to sound better than the first 60 episodes of this show. So if you've made it to this point, you're probably fine. That's fair. We um, should introduce ourselves. We should introduce gonna, ourselves. Because we must sound entirely different right now. Caitlin um, is about 60 miles away from the rest of us. That's right. That's just, uh, you don't peek out the microphone as much. And I'm not wearing <laughs> underwear. I'm Thanks, only Chris. wearing underwear. I haven't worn underwear for this entire self-isolation period. Do you want a medal? <laughs> you can't shit your pants if you're not wearing pants. That's exactly right. That's That's a good theory. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh so anyway my name is jake this is chris oh it's so hard because we're not we're not in any particularly seated order today oh yeah, uh, this I, is ames we know what the order is i don't remember so what's funny is in my zoom jake is across from me ames is next to me and chris is across from ames so it actually oh. is right to me oh that's, that's not right for me that's a shame and i, can't I have self people. you off so i've got you I'm guys incredibly in vain I'm so vain that I keep self-view on and play with my hair the entire time. It should also be noted that Chris uh, has turned on his virtual background and has a Oberth class uh, ship, it's which I'm fully expecting to explode throughout at some point any in this minute, episode. Any minute now. Mm. Yeah, no, see, I, I was so relieved, Ames, when you told me that turning off self-view was a thing, because I'm not vain, I'm self-conscious, and just stare at it like, why do I look like this? <laughs> but now I don't have to. Now the rest of us have to wonder that instead. <laughs> well, yeah, uh-huh. that's normal for you guys. Well, you, normally you're not in front of an Oberth class, so this is actually a plus for us. Woo. Okay. 
Well, I'm about to cut this thing together, so we're gonna cut the chatter. Well, so the first episode that we'll be discussing today is Second Skin. Second Skin. Fourth Skin. Foreskin. Ah. Foreskin. Is that like something from Star Wars? I wonder, so I guess if you're a Klingon, you would have a second foreskin. Because you'd have a second dick. Eh, eh. 16 skin. I wonder if Cardassian foreskins feel like snake skin. I kind of hope they've just got that spoony, bumpy texture going on. Ugh. You know they're barbed for her displeasure. (laughs) That's the Cations you're thinking of. Oh, right, right. Anyway, so in Second Skin, Kira is hanging out on Deep Space Nuevo, and uh, she gets contacted by some Bajoran records lady, and she's like, hey, I'm doing interviews on, like, trying to find out about people that were at this particular prison. And Kira's like, well, I think you got the wrong person, because I was never at that prison. I've been to a lot of prisons, not that one. She's like, hmm, the records show, Kira Norris, all your biological details. So she's like, huh, that's funny. So uh, they contact some dude, and he's like, hey, I remember you. You were in prison with me. And she's like, what? So uh, they all go to uh, check it out. She's like, she's like, I'm going to go to this prison and find out what's really going down. But she vanishes on the way. I mean, Meanwhile, there's transporters for that. So. Mm. Meanwhile, Garrick is feeling... Like he's got a little, uh, he's been, he's been under some quarantine himself on Deep Space Nine. So he's trying to get, uh, you know, get his social distancing ended. And he's bitching to Julian about it. And Julian's like, hmm, why can't you leave? And he's like, huh, you know, reasons. Um, (laughs) Sounds right. So anywho, Kira wakes up in a strange place with strange people. And one of them's Cardassian. And one of them is something else entirely. And uh, she gets up and goes to the full-length mirror that's next to every bed <laughs> and sees that above, she is dun, 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 Cardassian. Romulan. Suddenly oh, Cardassian. <laughs> just like that other episode. And she says, what did you do to me? And the guy that's there is like, oh, I just returned your normal appearance because I've brought you home to Cardassia because you're a Cardassian. <laughs> that's his um, voice. And she's like, what the fuck? You fucking assholes. God damn it. So essentially they spend the whole episode gaslighting her into trying to trick her into thinking that she has always been Cardassian and that she was a secret Cardassian spy who was spying on the Bajorans, but that they erased her memory and replaced it with the memory of this Bajoran, Kira Norris, who bum, 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 is dead and they even have the body. However, at the end, it turns out that they weren't gaslighting her well they were they weren't just they gaslighting, were gaslighting her. everyone they were gaslighting some other dude into Me. thinking that she was his daughter who died or vanished who happened to just look a lot like kira but in reality they just wanted to gaslight this guy into getting him to i guess admit on tape that he was a member of some resist it does it's not the the, the motivation isn't really clear it no, i'm talking to he's draw, part of a draw him out that he was a dissident yeah yeah, yeah. It seems like, the, you know, again, in keeping with Cardassian uh, tradition, this is a far more complicated plan than it needed to be. But it Because works. I have a feeling, you know, they could have gotten, gotten at this guy another way. Yeah, yeah, but we also, like, it makes sense, because whatever their plan was, this daughter, Ileana, was real. 
There is a yeah. Liliana somewhere. She might be dressed up as Kira. Well, we might meet her someday and be like, no, there's two Kiras running around because she looks like her. No, I mean, the Cardassians are more sly than that. Whoever she's disguised as, she doesn't look a thing like Kira. That's anyway. true. They are really good at doing the facial surgery. They did that last week with uh, with that guy who pretended to be O'Brien's friend. Oh my god, last she's week, several Garrick. weeks ago. Okay, can I finish though, please? You're done. Maybe. No, because I if I forgot the best part. Garrick gets to go home Briefly. for ten minutes, <laughs> and then uh, he shoots a guy. So yeah, and he and he vaporizes a guy while he's there. Yeah, that's the part he really likes. So they rescue Kira. <laughs> uh, they do it. They do a daring escape where Odo gets to be a bag. He loves being bags. Oh, rats! Bags and rats. Those are his specialties. A bag of rats. Um, <laughs> a rat king. <laughs> so they rescue Kira, bring her back to Deep Space Nine, but they also bring back the old man and the bag. Uh, and he's and he's like, oh, you're just like my daughter after all. Here, have this piece of trash. And she's <laughs> like, great. I don't really want this, but all right, I guess I'll take it. I liked him. He's really cool. That yeah, was a uh, nice. le- legate to Kenny Gimore, whose daughter is out there somewhere. Yep, or dead, or dead. Yeah. Most likely dead. Most likely dead. Well, so, po- wait, possibly wait. the fake corpse that they showed. Yeah, Kira. I was going to say there was that fake co- fake corpse lying around. So maybe there was another. Kaylin, you have no audio. Awesome. Oh, now you do. There you are. Actually, no. You know what it is? Ironically, the daughter wasn't sent to Bajor. She was sent to Starfleet. She's been Deanna Troy the whole time. And when Deanna it's why Troy, Troy's powers don't work. No, and then when Deanna Troy was a Romulan briefly, it's just yep. layers upon layers upon layers. Exactly. You'd think they would have figured that out when they had to put the new layer on top. Like, huh, there's something here under the topsoil. It doesn't look quite right. Well, yeah, but then they were like, <laughs> well, whatever. We've got our own plan to deal with. I, know, I loved it. I loved it because I read that the writer, Robert Hewitt Wolf had the original ending so that they wouldn't actually know whether Kira was actually a Cardassian or, Baj- or a Bajoran, whether any of this was real or not. Like, Bajira would do the scan and be like, it's impossible for me to tell what the fuck you are because of the way Cardassians can do this shit. There was so much inbreeding between the Cardassians and the Bajorans. Hot. But yeah, they changed that so that, you know, she'd have that line to whoever being like, yep, Bashir scanned me all over and, and now we know I'm definitely Bajoran. Didn't need all those extra scans he did, but he's a creeper. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is, you know, again, I've, I've said this from day one. I love Cardassian episodes. I love Cardassian plots because yeah. they're always, they have the best plops. And Kira's great, too. Like, Kira is a, is a feisty little thing. And watching her, like, being like, oh, no, what if I am what I hate? Loved mm. it. She was great this episode. And she def- looks really hot as a Cardassian. I definitely think that she was right on the brink of buying the whole thing. When she realized the actual truth. How many yeah, lights it, did she see? How yeah, many lights say, did she see? It, they, they definitely drew, I'm assuming, deliberate parallels with Chain of Command. There's, there was the scene when, what was the, the guy's name, the interrogator? The, the Cardassian official was Entech. Entech. Yeah, when Entech's like, you know, because he puts a lot of effort into selling this for, again, they're only trying to get the guy. So he interrogates her heavily just to get her riled up so that she can convince the guy to help her escape. Well, plus, if she does crack, then, hey, twofer. You've got that guy you wanted, and you got some intel. True. Yeah. yeah, there was a hot minute that I was like, you know what, since Cardassians are so good at doing the plastic surgery thing, it's not even that important that it be Kira Nerys, that it be someone who resembles 
Ileana at all. It could literally be anybody. But then you know, it's like, oh yeah, but you kind of do want somebody who might be kind of connected with Deep Space Nine. That would be be useful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but well, he- I, I'm assuming they just. They were like, hmm, this Kira Norris looks an awful lot like Ileana, so let's go with that. Yeah, a little less time in the in the surgery chair. Yeah. Having your teeth pulled. No, wait, that was a And lie. they also probably figured, too, that Kira is such a strong-willed person that she would try to escape. And, like, yeah. they... Because what they needed is her someone that wouldn't crumble. Hmm. Yeah. If they had just gotten some random Taco. person... <laughs> to to be there to to play that part. I mean, but for that matter, why wouldn't they just dress up a member of the Obsidian Order already to look like Ileana, right? And and pretend to be like like having her as an unwilling participant puts a big risk into their plan because if she didn't convince Gamor to, you know, smuggle her out, their plan wouldn't have worked. I mean, I suppose it adds a layer of reality. If this person is genuinely like, oh god, what if? Yeah, but the the Obsidian Order people are so fucking crafty that that you tell me they couldn't get an actual Cardassian. So that way, it would just looked, be like them acting. I don't know. I, I was like, are, are Cardassians good actors? We don't know. Maybe that's just not a part of their culture. I don't know. Have you seen Garrick? I was yes. say Garrick. Garrick puts on a pretty good performance. Well, yeah, except All the you time. know he's always lying. <laughs> mm. But anyway, he's not acting. He's just that is just Garrick. It's him being his spy self. Mm. No, see, that's the thing. You, he's such a good actor that you actually believe that he's a spy, when in reality, he's just a simple tailor. When in reality, he's actually a dump truck driver. Mm. He's but- actually the station's chief physician. <laughs> he killed Julian long ago and took his face. Yep. I like that the way that Garrick tries to get Julian to come and talk about what's happening with Kira. Is he's like, I just uh, I want to have a little late night snack. And as I was watching it, I was, like, thinking of Bashir being like, Garrick, <laughs> Major Kira is a whole-ass meal, not simply a snack. <laughs> but that's probably just me having a huge woman crush on her. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but she's still really hot. I think I mentioned this last week. Sorry for <laughs> myself, but I really In case she, we've forgotten. Yeah, in case you forgot, she's Remember hot. Remember Kira? Mm. She's a whole-ass meal, not just a snack. Meet a kid-ass meal. That's a new one. It's probably not. It's probably been around for ages and we're just old and now it's over because I've said it. I mean, again, you know, it's. I suppose there's that extra thing of just like, well, if she actually does crack, we also get intel. Definitely. They were just oh, like, you know fuck it. You know what's absolutely fascinating is that the original idea was that it was going to be O'Brien that <laughs> had been deep undercover for as a Cardassian operative for all this time, for like 20 fucking years, that the original one died 20 years ago, but, and had, you know, memories implanted and done all the, all the thing to make him, you know, look and think he's O'Brien. But then they realized, the way that this didn't actually work was they realized, wait a minute, if it's been a Cardassian the whole time... Yeah, wouldn't Molly be half Cardassian? And he has offspring with a human woman, then that would mean Molly would have to be half Cardassian. But wait... They just don't realize Molly isn't Miles's. <laughs> well, also, that's the exact same thing as Boone, right? Like, that's, yeah. that wouldn't work because they already did that with Boone. Well, yeah. What they could have done is uh, instead of actually capturing O'Brien, they captured his replicant. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Really fucks everything up. Maybe it's Smiles from the alternate universe. Oh, no, Smiley. 
Yeah, so I don't know. I, yeah, I really like this one. Again, the plot is a little thin because it, I don't know. I just don't. It doesn't to me stand up when you consider. Disagree. There really was no reason to involve Kira. Well, except I mean, that I think the Cardassians just can't help themselves. There's that. You, yeah. They, I think you know. Can we do Plan A? It's like yes, but let's add Step B. Why? Because good enough. I mean, it's convoluted. It's nowhere near. It's nowhere near a Romulan plan in terms of the convolution that is, that's involved. But mm. it also gets you to that amazing ending of watching of watching Dadums realize, like, oh no, you're not actually my daughter. We've been fucked all along. Garrick just killed a man. That's weird. Who he maybe kind of liked. Yeah, his old buddy. Yeah, they knew him by name, so they they must have known each other in when well, in a past life. They knew him, and Dadams was like, "Do not trust that man." Yeah, and Kira's like way ahead of you. Mm-hmm. That too. It's like that's not particularly good fatherly advice. Like none of us have been like none of us has trusted him since the word go. Well, the thing though, of course, he doesn't know that because he's not on the station. So, how well, also does, like how much does Julian trust Garrick? Probably more than he should, but he's yeah. yeah. But love, love will blind you. Yeah, it's true. Garrick though had a lot of really good lines. I felt oh always, and I really liked the scene between he and Cisco when Cisco was like, "Oh, you're coming and you're helping us. This is extortion." Yes, it is. <laughs> yep, yep. I the more I watch this show, the more I really love and appreciate Cisco. I feel like a lot of people really give him a lot of shit, and I just find him. Endlessly charming. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I actually really like Cisco. He's he his just his approach to doing things is is very different, I think, than either Kirk or Picard. Um, he's way closer to Kirk. Yeah, I think he's I think he's closer to Kirk. Although I think, see, I have this thing about Kirk, and I've talked about this before, where Kirk kind of has this reputation as a rule breaker and a and a rebel, and I don't think that's well earned because I think for the most part. He was a stickler for rules. He was always quoting re- regulation. Yeah. It wasn't until he was much, much older that he kind of started, you know, going going like out and stealing starships and stuff. Yeah, so it's also in the, the movies. It's also friend. in the mo- Sorry, it's so hard not to talk over each other. I mean, in real life, but more so here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know it's like established in the movies. Like, oh, he broke the Kobayashi Maru test by... by hacking into it and all this stuff and it's like yeah they just they waited 10 years to decide he was a rule breaker interesting yeah but anyway i i think so i think cisco in a lot of ways is kind of in the model of kirk's reputation mm. versus what kirk actually was in the original show i mean, I, think, I mean yeah go ahead i think with cisco what you have is sort of this weird um, almost hybrid figure in that like you know, we've seen this a lot where he gets what he wants via negotiation, but it also utilizes some tactics Picard wouldn't necessarily approve uh, of. I don't see any Picard in Cisco. You know who I kind of see in Cisco is a lot of Scotty, a lot of just fuck it, whatever, it'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post kind of guy. <laughs> like yeah, and that. I don't forget, like, I bet if you went through, you would see that Picard's does a lot more rule breaking than Kirk ever did. He just he just breaks the rules, but he does it with a British accent, so you don't notice it. <laughs> um, you're like, well, he must be right. He speaks with such authority. It's that bald um, pate too. You just you just trust him. Yeah, yeah. 
So Garrick apparently has his hands on a still valid security clearance, a very important one, yeah. apparently. What the fuck is stopping him from just going home whenever he wants? Well, it's weird that his clearance still worked, but then his appearance there was obviously like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing here? So it's an interesting, like, are you telling me that with all their great record keeping, the Cardassians, like, forgot to deactivate him, or? I mean, maybe it's not his. Maybe he stole yeah. it. Maybe it's just some, yeah, because he's such a good spy. Maybe he just knows, oh, this is some, you know, top secret thing that all the ship captains know. If if you hear this, it's real. Well, he did say he overheard it while he was uh, tailoring or some shit, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like that the initial scheme involved basically Snapchat filters. Oh, yeah. 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 Actually, they said, you know, Cisco, you can either be a whatever these these critters are, or you can be a screech rhino. And I think they chose incorrectly. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? So the projection still had Cisco's voice. Yep. So would it have been a screech rhino that just spoke like Ben Cisco? I hope <laughs> just so. A, just Absolutely. A, and the ship cat's like, hmm, I feel like that rhino should be screeching. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. You know what I started yeah, thinking yeah, about? Yeah. Sorry, are you still on, this, on the screech rhino conversation? Oh, I was going to mention uh, about Garrick's secret access oh, code. Oh, yeah, do that first. Well, now I forget. I've lost my train of thought. So why don't you go ahead? Okay, okay. So Kira goes missing, and they're like, oh, no, we have to go find Kira. We'll, yep. we'll figure this out. Garrick will help because he's got intel because he's so fucking shady. We see later in the episode, Garrick fucking murders a man, you know, disintegrates him. No body left over, no nothing. Yep. So people people who go missing all the time, you know, because Garrick goes missing, how often do they actually find the bodies and actually figure things out when you could just be vaporized at any time? Literally, when they knew that... They're a main cast member from the show DS9. Exactly, that's very true. <laughs> that's the but they, they even do acknowledge that's a risk. You know, they, they, they do say that um, this... Sensor trace could be a transport signal, or it could have been a phaser set to kill. Right, right. But they always treat it like you're just missing, and they'll waste months and months searching for people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that, like, a vaporized person probably must leave some kind of residue, like, there's, because, yeah, otherwise you're right, I mean, there would be no way to solve crimes. Just smell barbecue yeah well i don't know i mean so i mean they picked up the sensor thing the ionized air or whatever but i could also imagine that you know it's turn it's cooking you and turning you into a gas Mm. so that gas must be able to be also detected it probably does smell like barbecue how long until it dissipates i don't know is that what they have in the future rather than like smoke and co detecting (laughs) body body vapor detectors Yeah, Yeah. yeah you make incense out of it I bet it takes way more than just a single 9-volt, though. Yeah. Do you think they have 9-volts in the future? Um, I mean, they probably do. Why wouldn't they? They need electricity. And, you know, unless we assume that, you know, tricorders and things are all powered by magic. I mean, it's probably not a 9-volt. It's probably some advanced battery technology, you know, that packs as much volts or, you know, as much, what, what, what's, what is it, amp hours or whatever into, like, something the size of a P. It's actually... Uh, it's an interesting Urine. question, though, actually, because uh, I remember, actually, I think, Chris, you told me this, that, like, the one thing that they're not great at doing is making batteries smaller. Like, they can make tech smaller and more efficient, but batteries don't size down quite as well and at the same rate as other technology. Is that me? I think it was. Oh. Chris, as, 
is an expert in everything. I've, I've heard that. Yeah, one thing I know about batteries, because I have, you know, having been a vapor. A gas? They, you know, what was being a vapor like? Did you set any detectors off? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, a vapist? <laughs> we got to come up with a new word. Yes. Um, a vape dude. I was um, just going to say vape dude. Oh my God. Wow. There you go. It just but yeah, works. So, so there's that. So batteries are something that, that you have to deal with a lot in that hobby. And like lithium batteries, like the ones that were in the Galaxy 7, are like super fucking dangerous. Like anytime you hear people's vapes explode and shit like that, I mean, it's usually because it's not a well maintained vape. Like they shouldn't just explode randomly, but if you damage a lithium battery, it ain't good. Galaxy okay. 7 was a phone, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you it said it, and I assumed it was like a shuttlecraft in the show. Galileo 7. I was like, oh, what is that, a roundabout? Runabout? <laughs> <laughs> a, a very old Reddit thread has suggested Cloud Bro or Cloud Bro or I prefer this one Douche Fluter. Oh, whoa, that's a good one. <laughs> douche Fluter, that's great. Yeah, I think the two, the other thing too with batteries now is just like the one thing I do know is that a lot of like major research into making them better didn't really begin until kind of the smartphone revolution. Yeah, and now you got like electric cars that need good batteries. Yeah, so, so the real research into that stuff is only really kicking in now. So it'll probably yeah. begin to get better. And that would be nice because yeah. you know I you always hear about like I always read articles about oh you know somebody invented this new battery technology that can fully charge your phone in eight seconds and only needs to be charged once a month and I'm like okay when's it coming to market. And it's always, then you never hear, like, I remember, does anybody remember hearing about graphene as, no. like, this thing? Vaguely, so yeah. So graphene's still, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a material that's made, I believe it's from, like, a single layer of carbon atoms. I think that sounds right. So it's, like, super, super thin, but, of course, you can layer it. And it, when, you know, when it was first, when they were first experimenting with it, they found out that it could actually store a charge, but it wasn't as good as lithium batteries. But I mean, I still like graphene is still used for a lot of things. But um, I remember hearing at one point, oh, it's going to be the future of batteries. The tricky part is just making it cost effective as well. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got cool. a bit of a tangent. Yeah, uh, one, one more thing I wanted to mention. Kira is lucky she went through duet or she wouldn't she wouldn't be able to like handle having a Kardashian in her family. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Kira like has a lot more interactions with Cardassians than the average Bajoran, I That's think. That's true. And, like, it's it's kind of like... It's kind of like if... I was going to say, it'd be like if Miles had to interact with Cardassians, but he does. Quite um, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, I guess, that's the, I guess that's the heart of drama. Yeah. Yeah, I read it was rough for her doing all the Cardassian makeup because she actually suffers from claustrophobia. Oh, Jesus. And having, like, all the rubber shit on your face and, like all over your nose like mm. it's it's really really uncomfortable and she says you know but wait she gives... wait 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 but she always has prosthetics on her nose well yeah that would like the nose be the, the thing yeah it's a little different to have something over your bridge versus having something jammed up your fucking nostrils mm, true plus i imagine when they had to make the original like mo casts the they cast had to, like, yeah cover oh, her yeah. entire head in goo yeah and it's always funny like I, I know like all the people who have to come in for have like their heads rubberized and all this all this extra makeup stuff like they have to get in in the mornings at like one or two a.m 
yeah. report to makeup. And then everybody else shows up at like seven and they're like, hey, guys. And they're like, we've been here for hours. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just assuming that anybody that signs on to be a main cast member in Star Trek, they must, like, the first thing they do must be to make a bust, like a bust cast, mm. so that. Because they know at some point we're going to need to make a prosthetic for this person's At face. some point, you're going to be another species because we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody ever falls asleep during their makeup. They I must. would try. Yeah, I would try too, especially if they were like, okay, everybody else is getting here in eight hours, so buckle up. I'd be like, wow, go fuck yourself. Something I did notice about Kira is her spoon was blue. Mm-hmm. which we've talked about and speculated that it might be makeup. Yeah, I've so seen does most that of mean, the females do that. Female but does, so, so who made her up? Like, you'd think that when she first woke up, she wouldn't have had makeup on. Entech just really, really wanted to play with makeup. The Obsidian Order is very efficient. They have makeup artists. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was of, her spoon and a couple of her um, neck ridges. Yeah. Oh, the they do the neck well. ridges too. Yeah. The, yeah. Sometimes, the, the women, yeah, the women oh, might have that. one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just, just one or two of them. Usually, like on opposite symmetrical sides. Yeah. Just did, a little bit of blue. Didn't Quark's girlfriend do her chest spoon too? Or am I making that up? I can't remember. Chest spoon. Wild. Nice. See, that feels like it would be really fun to look into what you could actually do with makeup with pieces like that. Mm. Mm. Speaking of chest spoons, or rather chests, Marta, eh? Whoa-ho! We're moving on to the abandoned? Unless anybody has anything else. No, I'm all set. I don't think so. All right, so the second episode... Yeah, yeah. So the second episode we'll be talking about today is The Abandoned. The Abandoned. Directed by Avery Brooks. Directed by Avery Brooks. And it shows. Actually, no. His episodes that he's directed have actually been pretty good, I feel like. Uh, Yeah, because he did Tribunal. Yeah. Which was hot. So in The Abandoned, Quark is visited by an old friend. uh, And she's like, hey, I've got some legitimate salvage that I can sell you. Would you like to buy some garbage? And Quark's like, yeah, sure. I'll buy garbage. So he buys some garbage. And then he's checking it out. And it's, it's garbage. It's like Storage Wars. It's like Storage Wars. Like, he didn't get to see it before he bought it, and then he bought it, and it turns out it was a baby. Well, no. Um, <laughs> Dumpster oh, baby. Don't worry, though. There were also some really great Picasso sketches in the back. Total <laughs> mm. loss. That's true. But, yeah, no, the, uh, so, yeah, so he's checking out his stuff. He hears crying baby sounds, opens a box, and sure enough, it's a baby. This is first um, You don't open the box. Yeah, you never open the box, especially when you think there might be a baby. What's in the box? In fact, <laughs> if there's any holes in the box, you should immediately make it airtight. Um, Yikes. So they bring the baby to sick bay, and Julian checks it out and is like, yeah, he's, it's a baby. Except there's something weird about it because uh, his metabolism is like crazy. And they're like, all right, well, we'll keep an eye on it. Needless to say, within a couple of days, it's a fully grown adult Whoops. Uh, You're a teenager. Yeah, it goes to teenager, but I feel like by the end, it's it's adult. Didn't I feel like it this, reaches... Didn't we see this in The Child? Yeah, it's very similar to The Child, but except in that one, that was like an alien that was trying to trick Troy into raising it. And from what I recall, um, that episode sucked. It did. Uh, oh, yeah, but there was it, a baby in it. In this case, though, what we find out is that the baby is actually a Jem'Hadar. <gasps> what? Um, as seen in... The Jem'Hadar. Wow. 
he grows up, you know, at first it seems like a pretty normal kid, but we find out pretty quickly that he's got some, aside from his incredibly increased metabolism and, and growth rate, he also is pre-programmed with language and like super fighting skills. That's a thing. And he's pre-programmed to worship Odo. Um, and to need drugs. And, and he's also addicted to drugs. It's like how cats are predisposed to knowing how to use the litter box. True. Yeah. Genetics. And hate um, twists. <laughs> so we figure out, so we actually learn a lot about the Jem'Hadar in this. Uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a bit. At the end of the day, they have to let him go, or Odo decides to let him go because uh, Starfleet wants to just dissect him. Odo helps him escape to the Gamma Quadrant to go be free and live on a farm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jake is dating Marta, who has bazongas, that is large titties, Quite nice. Squeezed well <laughs> into Chris. a dress. Great. Uh, the dress was great. The breasts were great. Um, I don't really remember anything else that happened in any of the scenes with her breasts or her. Listen, she, so, during, during the dinner, she was covered up. Yeah, but, but, you, 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 but you've seen it. You've seen it all. You know it's there. There's no hiding that. No. Uh, so yeah, anyway, as we, we've heard about Marta before, but now we finally see her. She is a very attractive young lady. Way too old for Jake. So I have um, notes on that. Old. I have but, notes on that. But that's not going to stop Jake. Take it at, speaking as a Jake, that doesn't stop Jake. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's robbing the cradle. Yep. Or as we and, like, my, and Miles is there like, yeah, go get him, Jake. Um, <laughs> it was so good. Oh, 16 and, oh, 16 and dating a double girl. Oh, Godspeed, Jake. Whoa. Oh, heart stars and horseshoes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Clover and Moo Moo. Jesus. Jesus. Now, so Cisco is though like, he's like, Haha, I'm going to break him up by inviting them over for a nice dinner. So he does that. And then he learns that Jake is like a Dom Jot hustler and a writer and. Great poet. He yeah. realizes, hmm. This girl knows way more about my son than I do. Whoops. So maybe I'll keep them together so I can get the get the get the inside scoop. Um, you can just talk to your son more. You can just talk to your son more, Cisco. Jesus. Well, he try he tries that, but Jake's pissed at him for you know because Jake's a teenager and that's what happens. Jake's yeah. a good boy. Yeah, Cisco yeah. wanted to have a baby Jim Hadar, but it didn't work out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Actually, so here I I looked a lot into. Marta, or Marta's actress Jig, Jill Sayer. I might be pronouncing that wrong. We all looked pretty, pretty far into her. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I looked her up. She was 18 years old when this was filmed, and uh, Shirok Laughlin was uh, Lofton. Laughlin. Shirok Lofton. was 16, as is as is his character's age. So she's only two and a half years older than him. That's mm. why. So her character is older. Is, is a, is a, her character's age makes a larger gap than their real-life actor age. So Yeah. Yeah, she just looks way older than him. But also, I read that they were originally um, looking into Chase Masterson to play the role of Marta. We will I see her. Name. We will see her later because she will play a woman named Lita. But she is. Oh, she was, also, we go. But she's she fifteen also has years a nice older. Set of she does. She's got chops. a rap. But she's fifteen years older than Shirok. And they were like, ah, too much. That's that too much, too much, too much. Well, great. Now I feel like a dirty old man now that you've told me that she was only 18. Hey, she was legal. Thank God she was 18, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, that like, it's funny, though. It really is one of those things, like, if the genders were reversed, there would be no question that this is, like, just no. Do not. 
it, it, yeah. there's no question anyway. I mean, no, I know, but I think there's still that there is that societal aspect of just like, eh, well, yeah, eh. you certainly wouldn't have had Miles O'Brien being like, go, go get him, Jane. Yeah. yeah, get that, get that old man cock. Yeah, like, and there would have been like no question. I don't care how much I'm learning about my daughter because of you. You are twenty. She is sixteen. This is statutory AF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I mean, it's never shown that they have any any kind of sexual relationship. Yeah, we don't know like that. Bugs. They're they're into yeah. bugs. Yeah. It doesn't even sound like he's gone through fucking puberty yet. So I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. So was he's a very young sixteen. Like he is. Part of he it. is. It's like how fucking Ralph Macchio looked to be about twelve until he was like forty. It's like a very similar thing. Like it's, mm. I don't know, because he looks fourteen, you know, and and she actually does look twenty, so it feels even worse than it is. And also, as a side note, I don't know necessarily that O'Brien was like, yeah, older lady, so much as, wow, sexy Dabo girl. True. Mm. Just, it sort of doesn't Yeah, there just, there just wouldn't be a much younger Dabo girl, because then Cork would actually get shut down. Yeah, yeah. but I guess, I guess the equivalent would have been if it was, you know, Cisco's 16-year-old daughter dating, like, a Chippendales dancer, you know? Like, <laughs> that, that would be weird. It also feels like a really creepy... <laughs> this is just me, because I have to blue things up. Right. Um, but it felt like, especially when he was talking to O'Brien about meeting her afterwards, O'Brien's like, oh, you liked her, huh? <laughs> and I'm just like, this is where this turns into a really creepy porn parody. Yeah. Oh, well, well, Commander, if, if things don't work out between her and Jake, maybe there's a chance for you. <laughs> My <laughs> boy, I'm a man. <laughs> Just oh boy! No, no. I mean, all all this episode, Cisco is like looking at this baby and being like, "Man, I really want another baby." Because when Jake was a baby, he was easier to control. I mean, make happy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, babies mm. are. Yeah, I'm I'm baby crazy all of a sudden. Oh shit! This <laughs> baby grew up too fast. Okay, but here's the thing: I really loved the moments where Cisco was holding the baby. Regardless of how you feel about babies, he was giving so much like authentic affection and he just looked like he was so like I don't know I just thought it was really beautiful I think that again I really like Avery Brooks a lot well, and it, it is nice too because you know just as far as stereotyping goes men aren't usually allowed to be affectionate with babies on television they're supposed to be like hard and like yeah yeah baby great tell me when it's an adult so we can go hunt together oh it's not mine is it her yeah so just like to have a a male character like look at the little squishy thing it's it's you know it's a nice sort of again break from what you would expect as they so often do with cisco i was gonna say we've talked about it before too like you know there's definitely a distant black father stereotype that they're playing against, which is really nice. Yeah, I really Um, loved because, you know, this was directed by Avery Brooks, and he says one mm. of the things that he was kind of reaching into, like one thing he was kind of like um, using as inspiration was to look at this Jem Hadar kid in the same way that, that, you know, people of the era and, you know, of today as well, look at young people of color to be like, yeah, we just assume that they're going to grow up and be violent. We assume that this is in their nature. Mm. That you know there isn't. Yeah, nursery, they really blew out that nation. stereotype, didn't they? Hmm? So they really, they really uh, disproved that stereotype. 
Oh wait! See, I mean, you look at it from Odo's point of view, and you and you and you know you you try to help him out, and you try to do this and that, and you give him the a shot and all this stuff. Yeah, but this, but you see, I you know, I hope that wasn't what the writers were going for here, because the message of the episode is it's in the blood. Yeah. You know, that was actually that was my one big problem with. Oh, me too. Being black, being and then not that I in general don't have a problem with that, obviously, but then having him be this like ruthless, violent. It was really, I was like, is this really what we're doing? This is super uncomfortable. Yeah, like you said, I think it might have been um, differing goals of direction and story. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's probably what it was. I mean, I I love that that's where Avery Brooks goes, though. Mm. Avery Brooks goes to uh, to a thing of representation and and learning about, you know, how expectations of people's culture kind of lead to those those expectations being ingrained in what what, what their culture is about. And it becomes rough. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, sure. I don't think the episode did, honestly, if that was what he was going for, I don't think it was well done, just because, yeah, there were a couple scenes where they showed people on the station kind of, you know, being afraid of him and, and running away, and, and, and they did draw attention to that. But at the end of the day, the overwhelming message of the episode is, yeah, Jem'Hadar are fucking monsters, and you can't do shit about it, and you can be as nice to them as you want, no matter what. They still just want to kill and fight and, Yeah, you know, I, had, I had a bit of a problem with the way that, you know, Odo, Odo is a bad dad. Odo seems to like kids, but Odo is a bad dad. Because what he does is, the, the first thing he does with this kid is the same thing that Deanna did with Data when Data learned that he had emotions, which is, um, why don't you explore those emotions by murdering things in the holodeck. And it's like, that's mm. terrible advice. Why would you do that? Well, I mean, you can see where he's coming from, because in this case, he was like, all right, we think this kid has literally been programmed to want to kill stuff. So maybe if he plays enough Grand Theft Auto, he can be normal the rest of the time. And, uh... That's the first mistake. We all know that video games cause violence. I've heard that a lot. Proven. Thanks, Joe Lieberman. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tipper Gore. Those fuckwits. Yeah. Um, Heavy sarcasm for those who couldn't have guessed. Yeah, so we learn a lot about the Jem'Hadar here. Yeah, yeah. How possible to like, is it to pre-program them like this? I mean, well, I think, you know, like you were saying, cats know how to poop in the litter box Pretty much, you know. Yeah, but cats don't come out no- knowing language. Like, if you didn't, no, but if, it's... if they didn't know language, like I don't. The cat oh. is a bad example because cats don't talk. I say, but they do know that making their meowing sounds will make us give them attention because cats in the wild and shit don't meow. It's not really a communication thing. It's a I sound like a baby to make you worried about me thing. Allegedly. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% buy it, buy the science here. Really? And I'll, t- and I'll, yeah, I'll tell you why. Okay. So if you, t- if you take for fact that everything that makes up who you are and your, your body of knowledge and everything is just a, like a, a chemical construct in your brain, you know, based on the structure of your, your brain, then there's no reason why you couldn't program DNA to build a brain that already was pre-built with a bunch of those structures in place, right? Oh, they could have so made just, that way clearer in this episode. Just like your, you know, just like your your DNA has all the instructions on how to build a heart that is shaped 
the way a heart is shaped and has all the little bits and pieces of the heart, I don't see any reason why you couldn't create a really complex DNA that knew how to build a brain that had language, that had fighting skills and all those stuff already in place. You'd have to be the universe's greatest geneticist to figure it out. Who is um, that person? Eric Soong, but you know. Who is that in the Gamma Quadrant then that, that program them like this? It's not the, I don't I'm think it's, it's the, the founders. Fa- I think it is. They, I think they're, they're, not, they're not people. They don't have brains to practice on. I'm sure what they did is they, they're fucking villains. Yeah, I that's think true. They found, the Jem'Hadar are effectively their slaves. They probably they found, the like Jem'Hadar were probably slaves. like, you know, like iguanas that they're like, hmm, let's fuck with these things until they turn into our killing machines. I think the thing that it was less believable in this was the growth because how much food was it eating? Like to go from, like just think, just in terms of the mass. The first thing he said was, I'm hungry. Yeah, but he'd, at that point he'd already gone from like baby, like literal infant, hand-sized baby up to like 10-year-old child. Was he not like, I feel like that that's like a baby weighs what? 10 pounds, maybe 15 if it's a pretty, pretty big baby. We'll, we'll give the benefit of that. We'll say 15 pound baby to 60 pound child so they had to eat 45 pounds of food in in sick bay in a matter of hours julian that's all yeah do we ever see that bajoran nurse ever again <laughs> that's true it really happens to cardassian operatives if they're not uh destroyed by a phaser they're fed to a jemhadar oh yeah this is why so many people go di- go missing yeah mm-hmm. see them. there you go it's all part of the job Maybe maybe Odo was breastfeeding. <laughs> He's made of goo. Yeah, he breastfed him goo. Ah, but then he, he, for, he formed a nipple. But then he'd be losing mass. He's one big titty. Yeah, because Odo doesn't eat, so he must obtain the same. We granted there's whatever's in in the subspace realm, but milk, shitloads of milk. Oh God! And he's got a big subspace milk boob. <sighs> Of Odo, though, I really liked his new place. Oh, yeah, I wrote down Odo is bucket trained now. Give him a big boy room. (laughs) 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 The weird, like, SM sex cage he had in the middle of his living room. Like, what the fuck was going on? Something to turn into. He wants to turn into a sex cage? Well, I'm guessing he, like, uses it as, like, a jungle gym, maybe. Like, he turns into things on the sex cage. He'd be a sloth and hang on it. Oh, that's much more pure. <laughs> oh, no. No, speaking of pure, I absolutely loved that Kira gives him a plant and he puts it in the bucket and it's the sweetest fucking thing. It is. He looked so cute afterwards. He's like, yeah, is, is this good? And Did I like, people right? It was so cute. In my I, big boy room? I loved it. I really loved it. That I was loved so it. sweet. Uh, my absolute favorite moment, though, of this episode was... Odo trying to teach the Jem'Hadar smiling. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> it's like the blind leading the blind. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Give us a smile, says the one person who really fucking smiles poorly on the ship. <laughs> you got to feel for him. Like, I thought it was, you know, Odo continues to struggle with the fact that he got his answer. His answer sucked. And now he finds someone who he can relate to, who but also who is sucks. happy with the answer he gets. True. Ugh. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I get to murder and think I'm better than everyone? He's like, oh, that's, you're not supposed to like that. Woo! Bloodlust and superiority complex. Woo! So, 
so was what Oda was doing then. So if we're if we're following the the logic to the logical conclusion of the you know the racism parallel here was Odo portraying changeling guilt. Like was that what this was? If the changelings could have guilt, yes. Well, I mean, he's he's obviously I like was that part of the reason why he took such an interest in this guy? Oh, yeah, he was, says he says he said right out trying to undo some of the damage done by his people. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting because it also plays back to the previous episode a little bit to the to the Kira it being a Cardassian thing. It's like, you know, what is ingrained in your memory? What is ingrained in, you know, the the nature versus nurture side of thing? Like, what what are you? Are you a Cardassian or Bajoran? And with Odo, it's like, are you a good changeling or a bad changeling? And with this kid, it's like, are you a bad Jem'Hadar like is programmed for you to be? Or can you be changed into something else? And the answer is he can't fucking be changed. Right. Yeah. Tis at a least, damn shame. At least not with just Odo and a holodeck. Yeah. So what does Odo do with him at the end? He just kind of sets him free into the Gamma Quadrant and says, go, go find your people. Yeah. How is know. he going to find? He doesn't have, does he have a homing beacon in him? Yeah. That's, that part kind of got glossed over in the we episode. We never see him again, I imagine. No. Probably they would pick up on him as soon as he goes to the wormhole, right? And they'd be like, hey, who the fuck's in there? And he's like, I'm a Gem Hadar. And they're like, oh, cool. But I kind of feel like they just shoot him down anyway. Like, I don't. Well, I'm sure if they went and, like, he said that, oh, I'm a, f- I'm a changeling, they wouldn't shoot down a changeling. No, I'm talking about Gem, the Gem Hadar. Yeah, but didn't, like, Odo escorted him in the runabout. I thought, I thought Odo left with him. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Because they didn't did. give him a runabout. Yeah. So he took the runabout there and then maybe just broadcast a thing saying, hey, Odo here. Come pick up your boy. Yeah. Why the Boslick captain had him unclear. Did did she want Quark to have a baby? I'm wondering. Yeah. So that's interesting. Because we've seen her before. She's the chick from the uh, homecoming. I was going to ask that. Yeah. That that was the same. Okay. Yeah. The same chick that Quark has obviously plowed. Oh, Oh, clearly. So much. Yeah. I do wonder, though. If she knew about the baby when she gave him the stuff, or if she was just like, no, I'm giving him a bunch of random detritus. Yeah. I mean, the baby was supposed to be being transported in stasis so that he wouldn't grow too fast, but it sounds like the stasis thing wasn't, you know, stopped yeah, working at some point and he started crying and ugh. It could be she did just legitimately pick up some stuff, but then realized what she had, which is why she was so eager to, like, offload it onto Quark. Yeah, maybe. It wasn't like she was asking for a big take. Three bars of gold-pressed latinum doesn't seem like that much money, so it feels like... she probably didn't know? No, I think she probably did know, and she was paying, trying to get a very small amount for it because she just wanted it to be gone. Yeah, like, oh, I don't want this thing. Yeah. I don't want to piss off the Dominion. I don't want Mm. to feed a Jem'Hadar. You seen how those fuckers eat? They don't. They're all tube in their neck. Apparently, we learn later that they don't eat. And oh. I assume it's after they've gotten the tube in the neck they don't need to eat, maybe? Probably. Yeah, because as we saw, to grow up that fast, you probably need that they eat a lot. Of well, Odo. that's too, though, because if they usually develop in stasis, then yeah, you could just intubate them. But I wouldn't think that they would be fed through that tube, because they said it goes, like, directly to the heart or something. Ugh. Didn't they say it went directly to, like, the aorta or some shit like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, some, the, or the carotid artery. Carotid artery, yeah. yeah so you don't eat through that, though. Yeah, but so yeah, so that's another thing too, right? So we talked about how the they were engineered to have all these instinctual abilities, but they also have this drug dependence. 
That's fucking horrifying. Apparently, uh, the chief doesn't know his own history. Because hmm? mm. O'Brien, oh, why would you have your soldiers addicted to drugs? And if we remember our encounter at Farpoint, it was pretty heavily implied that during one of Earth's nastier periods, oh, that's right, exactly right. what we did. That history. Because uh, at one point, Q appears as a soldier with like some kind of little thing he takes a hit off of. Miles, yeah. Miles didn't take history. That was a Keiko thing, and she's not. But around it also right could now, just be that there that drugs were very popular during World War Three. Mm. That's the only way to get through it. I mean, certainly the only way to get through the current apocalypse. I'm high as a mm. kite right now. Nice, um, but yeah, man, the uh, the drug dependence thing. Yeah, you know that's super fucked up. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, I mean, it, it would work though. Yeah, it, it makes for an interesting element because now that now you know the Federation knows that they're reliant on this thing. If we ever capture one of them and we need to like take them out, we can just snip that tube, right? Easy. Well, I don't think it kills you immediately. I think it, ta- you know, you you get withdrawal. I don't know. Yeah, and it seems and it seems like they get more aggressive and violent as the withdrawal sets in. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. It, actually, keeping them off their drugs would be a worse thing because they get more desperate and more violent. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. We first see him when he's having this extra anger bit. Um, I like we have that. It was just guessing how much to give him. Oh yeah. no, see how he does with this many milliliters. Boop, 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 you know. Oh, I've I killed mean, him. No, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some logic behind it. You know, he is a doctor. Julian, yeah, he, he's a professional. Julian is a racquetball player. A professional what? <laughs> Ju- Julian Bashir, professional doctor. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. If he was any good as a physician, he wouldn't be in the space army. He'd be on a planet somewhere taking loads of money, having his own firm or whatever. There's they no yeah, money. but remember, his whole thing was that he wanted to live in the frontier and do frontier medicine because he romanticizes bullshit. Because he's yeah. a sociopath. <laughs> Shit, I had another thought, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, no. The fuck were we talking about? Marta's breasts. Oh, yeah, those were nice, huh? (laughs) You could just bury your face right in those. Anyway. (laughs) 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 Nope, 16-year-old boy. Uh, Zoom motor voting. Yeah, I also right, read well, that there there are many restrictions on what you're allowed to put on a baby actor, which is why he only had like a little bit of thing on the forehead. Mm-hmm. I was I was wondering about that because we've seen baby actor, you know, baby Borgs, baby Borgs, baby Borgs. Like they, the baby Borg was adorable though. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't, so, yeah, they didn't I, do a ton to him. They just basically put a little hat on him. Yeah, yeah. And with this guy, they just you know stuck a little thing on the forehead. When he grew up, grow, grows up, there's more stuff you can do to him. And then when we get the the actor playing uh, adolescent, he doesn't have a name. Adolescent Jem Hadar guy. You can just go full out and fully make up that guy. Paint yeah, the one thing. One thing I noticed. This was you know in universe thing was how after Odo showed the Jem Hadar the video of the defiant boarding incident in that he started styling his hair mm. like the Jem'Hadar in the video. I like never before. noticed they even had hair. Yeah, well, they they keep it up, but oh. he was wearing his hair down oh. the whole time. And, and then after that, though, he was wearing it up like the Jem'Hadar, so it's clear that he, like, figured that out. You're saying that style isn't an inborn trait? I, I guess they Why, didn't yeah. think to program in Why the hairstyle. They, yeah, they left so that smart. one out. <laughs> maybe they're like, well, maybe we want to change it up every few years, so we, we shouldn't make it part of the code. 
Actually, I was thinking, maybe that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking, because you were talking about history, and we were talking about, you know, making this, like, magic, incredible DNA. But didn't World War Three in the 90s happen because they were, like, genetically engineering super soldiers and Khan and all that shit? Well, that yeah, that was the was, eugenics wars. It's definitely yeah. not, all I mean is it's definitely not, like, unimaginable to jump from 1990s super soldier genetic wars to able to program babies oh yeah yeah i think so and these people are like technologically advanced like crazy like we've seen yeah we've seen how they can take apart a galaxy uh, class ship we've seen that they can go through our shields and shit and do all yeah. all this stuff it actually made something plain that i hadn't realized i had assumed there you know because we've seen gem hit our cloak before but i had assumed it was like equipment but he goes invisible just on his own, so it's a biological thing. Yeah, that's right. That was weird. Well, I mean, there are animals that have camouflage ability. Yeah, yeah. Well, sea creatures saw... and lizards and things like that. We had so I toss. could imagine they just yeah, Toss could do it. That's true. So they just added that to the to the soup when they were making the gem hadar. Yeah. Mm. But I'm just saying, like, until this episode I had assumed it was equipment and now yeah. it's like, oh no, no, it is it is a biological trait. Well, and didn't one of you guys say, like, in a recent week that it seems like the Tosk might have been, like, the progenitor of the Jem'Hadar? Oh, yeah, that was... Jake did. So, in a way, that actually acts as more evidence to that cuckoo theory. Yeah, that was something they were going to include in the Jem'Hadar, too. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Yeah, well, so there you go. Uh, To me, that fits, makes it fit even better. Oh, I miss Tosk. I know. Yeah, I am Tosk. I'm not Tosk, but I wish I was. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, Tosk is cool and all, but the Jem'Hadar are fucking horrifying monsters. Like, I liked Tosk, despite the fact that he was, you know, a, a killing machine, but I do not like the Jem'Hadar in terms of, like, I wouldn't want to be friends with the Jem'Hadar. No. no uh, I would be friends with Tosk. Yeah. Yeah, and I also thought, you know, because we were talking about the genetic engineering and and would the founders be capable of that, but I also realized that the founders themselves don't need to be the super geneticists, considering, you know, all of the, that it sounds to me like basically the entire Gamma Quadrant is in their territory. A lot of it, at the very least. So they might just have, there might be some species in the Gamma Quadrant that happens to have all of this cool, advanced genetic engineering tech. How how many Soongs? Right. It's just, it is. It is all. Yeah. Exactly. It's. It's where all. It's the Soong Retirement Center. <laughs> Every just time go you there. think you've run out of Soongs, there's another one there. Yep. Hi everyone, uh, Chris again. So, real talk. The episode is effectively over. What follows is us talking about ways we've been uh, killing time during during the isolation uh, and things like that. You know, I I think you should sit around and listen and enjoy it. It's fun. Why Why am I doing this though? Well, because there's going to be a weird sort of jump because the way we segued into this. It actually makes sense, but it's also a huge, huge spoiler for Picard Season 1, and there was no elegant way to excise that and then also segue into this, so we're just, we're just, I'm just just straight cutting it out and telling you what happened. If you don't want to hear us talk about uh, cooking shows and competition things and ways we've been killing time then you know sign off now uh, we'll see you next week as we discuss more deep space nine but uh i think if you've been listening to us this long 
you also like our random rambling. So, so stick around and listen to that. And I promise the segue made sense. It's just, it had to be removed. All right, back to the show. I don't know. Alden Brown is kind of an egomaniacal. I'm just saying, you've seen Cutthroat Kitchen. That man is a sadist. That is, no, that's not him. I, 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 I'm... I follow him on on the Facebook, and he's basically said like, if you're if you don't like my character on Cutthroat Kitchen, that's not me. That's a character. If you want to know what I what my, my character, watch Good Eats. I know. I was just kidding. I just like mm-hmm. puns and puppets. Yeah. Well, and also Cutthroat, Cutthroat Kitchen ran out of gimmicks after one season. They they ran out of gimmicks after one episode. That that show, I did not I care for that show. Love that show. I've watched it through like three times. I love that. Oh show. my. Yeah, I'm pretty bored to be fair. Like, I don't know, honestly, f- for uh, the cooking show channel or Food Network, whatever it was. Food Network. Once it became basically all competition shows, yeah. it's just like, meh, meh. Because you're not learning anything. From, like, no. like, Good Eats is like, oh, I can I can do this recipe. And I've done recipes from Good Eats, and they work. Uh, I actually disagree that you don't learn anything. Because I've definitely learned some stuff from those shows, especially when they're put into a position where, like, they're having to use random shit together to like make it work. Mm-hmm. Like a like a, like a chopped situation. Love chopped. Yeah. Oh, I hate chopped. <gasps> Fuck you. Chris is off the podcast. Yeah, you're chopped, buddy. Hey. Yo. I mean, you gotta love chopped just for the the Ted Allen, right? Like Ted Allen is great. He is great. Anyway, I love that. I love those shows. I do think you can learn something. I agree, you're not learning a recipe. But the other option is fucking watching the Pioneer Woman, who I find insufferable. She says chicken weird. Yeah. The I Pioneer even, Woman? I don't what's who I haven't seen that one. Reed Drummond. She's some Kentucky fried fucking asshole who does your southern pioneer style cooking. Yeah. She's not the she's not, oh no, that was Paula Dean was the other oh, southern yeah, one. Yeah, basically right? that turned had, out to be a little racist. A little. Since <sighs> they had to get rid of her, they found new Paula Dean, and that's Reed Drummond. No, uh, I feel like I feel like I learn a lot watching Nailed It, but it's mostly what you don't, what you shouldn't do. Because every time Jacques Torres, who is adorable, Jacques Torres comes out and says, "Yeah, you should have lined your pans, or you should have buttered your pans, or you should have not done that with your pans." Every yeah, week. but Nailed It is such bullshit because the the ta- the the tasks that they're given and the time they're given to do it are yeah. impossible, even for Jacques Chirac or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, but you can still make a cake. Well, and also, like, yeah, I agree that the timeline is probably, I, I think probably Jacques could do it, but only because he No, super I don't think so. I do. But I think that part of the problem is, is that, like, half of the contestants don't even try to follow the instructions. No, they don't. It's, like, it's just a, it's a comedy show. It's not a cooking show. Well, I know it's not a cooking show, but my point is, like, you have someone, they give them the instructions how to make a cake, and he's just like, I'm not going to measure, I'm just going to throw this shit and make it up as I go. And I think if you if you were Jacques Torres, you probably could actually do it, because you're a professional and you've been doing it for years. But if you fucking don't follow instructions from word go, you're not going to come even close. I think Jacques Cousteau could do it, but I just don't Let's think go. he could do it in the time allotted is the thing. Like, they give them, like, have you a couple seen, hours. Have you ever seen the Great British Bake Off, though? Because they construct some shit in very tight. Yeah, but they take, like, a whole day yeah, to do, like, the showcase. They, no, the first, they do two, two, uh, um... Yeah, they do two rounds in one day, and then the third day is when they do their big thing. Well, yeah, but they're, they, that's their, um, whatever. But the first one is supposed to be a big special thing, too, and they usually give them four hours, and like, yeah, but but have you seen the things on Nailed It? They're like airbrushed fucking... 
cakes. Airbrushing I, goes fast. I, I, mm. honestly, I think that a professional could do it. I think that people who are fucking awful to begin with don't have a chance. And I think that's on purpose, definitely. I'm not saying even that like a reasonably seasoned person could do it. I'm talking about like if you were a pro, you might be able to do it. Yeah. I, I have a, uh, I have a so here's the thing, right? So I'm not a pro, but if if anyone out there listening is a professional baker and wants to to get a lot of attention on YouTube, you should do a YouTube show where you recreate the recipes where you do the recipes from Nailed It, but in the time allotted, and see if it if it's possible. I think I think that would be a cool show. Yeah, yeah, and the pantry has to be fifteen feet away from you, like like it is in the show. And yeah, can we just agree that fucking using the Rice Krispie treats is a goddamn cheat, and they use it, they do it all the fucking time? Well, I think that it probably has its place in real cake making, but I think that it always works. Poorly. I don't know. If I was eating a goddamn cake and I was expecting cake, and I cut into it, and it was a fucking crispy treat, no, I don't know whole, what the fuck I would do. I don't know who the fuck thing. I would hurt. Honestly. <laughs> He's going to eat a man. Well, that, listen, just like the Jemadar. It's like that time that I thought I was putting Cool Whip on something and it turned out to be frozen mayonnaise. Stop. And it was fantastic, but. Is that what the frozen mayonnaise was? Before we wrap, the one thing I want to say about cooking competition shows. We're still on this? Yeah. The one, the thing I really hate about pretty much all of them is the judges. Why? The judges are almost always the most insufferable pricks you've ever seen. Like, I especially hate when it's, like, food writer, restauranteur, this or that, and it's like, get to fuck. Half you couldn't make this shit either. You're some fucking overblown blogger, and you're gonna sit there and complain that something isn't chocolatey enough. What? No. What? What food, what food competitions are you watching? Because I don't see that an awful lot. I don't know. Whatever the hell Caitlin watches, because I don't watch those. No, the one that you just quoted, at least, was some old cupcake show that I really didn't watch that much. Well, that that frog was actually a chef. I just hated his guts. No, but, what, but like when you're talking about shows like Chopped and Cutthroat Kitchen and all these shows, usually it's people like Alex Gornashelli, who's actually an iron chef. And, like... See, I feel like a lot of the one. Most of the people they have on the shows actually come back and do the competitions on, like... Yeah. And I also haven't seen them being dicks so much. I don't think I've seen them being, like, terrible you know, dicks. You know who's always a dick, but who I love anyway? Aside from Alex Gornishelli? She's allowed. She's great. She's wonderful. I used to hate her, and I have come to just adore her. Zakarian. He always sounds like your food that you're eating, that you're feeding him, came from your ass, and you're the worst. Zakarian always has that... Isn't he oh, French? Yeah, fuck uh, that guy. Ass food. Smug looking cunt. <sighs> I know that this isn't the point of the podcast, but does anybody It is now. It is. Does anybody <laughs> Does anybody have any uh suggestions? Oh yeah, I hate her too. She's the worst. What just happened? I Googled Gwarna Shelley. I love her. I was gonna ask if you all if you guys have been up to anything interesting aside from watching Star Trek and if you have any ideas for good ways to kill time during the uh self-isolation mostly because i'm looking for ideas oh i've been hiking every other day because it's the way it's the thing you can do out of the house <laughs> as caitlin as caitlin winces <laughs> uh, but no i've been listening to podcasts while i hike so there's that what podcasts i'll Anyone send but you some links <laughs> No, to plug them. Plug somebody. Plug them. Uh, uh, let's see. Our, our, our mutual friend Juliet recommended to me one called Alice is Not Dead. 
Okay. Uh, which is, it's a kind of, it's by the people who do Night Vale. Okay. okay. So it's kind of horror, it's creepy horror stuff, which when you're hiking alone in the woods over a, a land bridge that goes by a reservoir and a man with a dog is up ahead, you're like, this, I'm, this was and an idea. don't forget the selectmen. I've made bad <laughs> choices. That sounds good. What about you, Chris? I've been, I've been playing Animal Crossing. Yay. And I finally finished the two seasons of the new DuckTales that are on Disney+. Plus. I have to say that I'm very disappointed in you for not playing Final Fantasy VII yet, in spite of the fact that it's been sitting in your house for like four days. He has Animal Crossing. Look, you heard what he said. I, I showed you how long... My left fucking leg to have Final Fantasy VII. I, I showed you how long it takes to make a road in Animal Crossing. Like... Days. It's pretty painstaking. The time but, it would take to build an actual road? <laughs> probably. No, a little less. An actual road you get done in one day if you got a crew. What about you, Jake? Last few days, I've been playing a lot with my 3D penis. printer and my penis. <laughs> uh, my 3D penis. <laughs> well, I'm glad you don't have a 2D one. <laughs> it's like a, like a cartoon anvil fell on it. <laughs> Actually, on here we can plug. It says like, yikes. Ugh. Might as well, might as well give a plug. I, think, I know this is going to come out when this is already happening, and I'll probably have plugged it on the Facebook in the meantime. But you should go find um, the radio play that I wrote and Jake is directing and Chris is in and a lot of our other past guest stars whom we know and love are in Fine-Tuned Universe. Caitlin. Hmm? What? Nothing. Go on. A Fine-Tuned Universe? Yes. Where can we find that, Ames? uh, We're going to have the files up on the Facebook and the YouTube. Oh. Links below. Great. Cool. I have like... A 10-inch long Superman curl here. 10-inch. Oh, wow. 2D Jake pink. hasn't cut his hair in a year and a half. It really, it's true. It's horrible. No, Every we're, time we're I'm doing anything, it's in my face. I have to wear these headphones like a headband. <laughs> no, I'm definitely it. like... You're not even I hate them right now. It's just it's a, it's a fashion accessory. When, you, when we sign off, you'll still be wearing it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I despise going to the barber, but I'm at the point where if this wasn't all happening, I would have like... Gotten to the point where even I would just force myself to go. Okay, and, so you're uh, not at the point where you're shaving your own head yet. No, I don't know what that would take. But yeah, like, I'm probably, like, a week ago, I would have forced myself to get a haircut by now. Mm. So it's like, I don't know what to do. This is getting weird. I don't like it. Yeah, depending on how long we're still in this situation, my head, I might just shave. Probably not really, but I consider it. I've been thinking about it. Problem is, I know that there's a big fat melon under all that hair. <laughs> That's my real problem. My issue is, like, when my hair starts to get too long, it starts to kind of curl up. And so I've got, like, the back is getting all wavy and shit. The front is thinning, so I look like early 90s Frasier, which is not a good look. That's a bad look. (laughs) And that's actually, that's that's connected to Star Trek because, of course, Kelsey Grammer. Yep. Brought it home. See that? Yeah. Jake us out. All right. Well... Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with another podcast episode. Wow, I'm struggling here. We'll be back next week with another episode where we're going to watch two more Deep Space Nine episodes. They will be Civil Defense and Meridian. If you heard, you can subscribe to our podcast by visiting SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us by searching A Star to Steer Her By on Facebook. We are SSHB Podcast on Twitter and Tumblr. 
or you can visit sshbpodcast.com, which will probably just take you to our Tumblr page, but someday in the future might be more impressive. We really don't know. Uh, We're lazy fucks. If you want to give us a rating or review, that would be really hot because it helps people find us. And right now we've got tens of fans who we'd love more. You can listen to us while you're hiking. (laughs) Keep me at least six feet between you and all other hikers. I've been trying. And honestly, if you're running around, here's the one thing I keep hearing about is fucking joggers who aren't wearing masks. You're supposed to be like something like 15 feet away from someone if you're jogging and you're not wearing a mask because of... Well, because you're also like breathing heavier. Yeah, and you're getting all uh, sloopy from the running, so... Yeah, so if you're a jogger and you're running around at six feet or less and you're not wearing a mask, you're a cunt. So stop it. Wear a mask. Jog away from each other. All right. I think that's it. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. TBD if we're still in virtual form next week. True. Rule Rule of acquisition not numbered. Always check the merchandise first unless a hot chick tongues your ear. Seriously, he always thinks with his lobes. He really does. Uh, All right. That's that. Bye. 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 All right. And I'm hitting stop. 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 Stop.